she heard she heard that she heard two guys talking in the hallway and they're like how are we going to deal on Monday night with this brawn guy what are we going to do about it I'm just playing around she does work in Crosby though <laughs> she does work in Crosby and I told her to tell the guys that there's a guy Menachem Brawn who's going to beat you guys <laughs> I asked her I'd introduced his own Shachin, owner of the class, Avi Lachman, okay. Okay, I want to continue on, Rabbi Say. In the Hashamnus, let's let's move on. Yesterday we spoke about Hashamnu. I want to talk about the second one that we're going to say, and the second one we're going to bang base Hashem on my say Shabbos is we're going to say Bagadnu. The word the word Bagadnu. <coughs> there's a very important English word to me. To me, it's one of the most important English words in the vocabulary. I think one of the most important words in the vocabulary. And this English word, knowing about this English word, what it means, what it entails, makes us understand a lot more about Bagadnu. What we're regretting and what we're really determined to rectify, to fix up, and to live differently. The, The English word that's extremely important is loyalty. To be a loyal person. It's always a question when we have friends who's loyal to us. And loyal to us means who has our backs when we're not in a very popular way, when we're not in, when when things are going smooth and great, so everybody's everybody's bowing to us. It's comical to me you have a person who's a rich person, you have a person who's a very wealthy person, and everybody's being all nice to the person and saying the nicest things, but that's not called loyalty. It's very easy to be nice then. I remember being at a wedding at a guy's chasna who had been through very, very hard times. And at his wedding, everybody wants to dance with the chasna. It's cool, you dance with the chasna, everybody's like surrounding the chasna. And I was thinking to myself, when people were dancing with the chasen, I was thinking to myself, it's all nice and well, you're with him now and dancing now. You weren't dancing with him when he was going through rough times. You weren't dancing with him then. The question of loyalty becomes, who has our backs, even when it's not so popular to have our backs? The loyal friend, when you're not around in the room, 
when you're not around you and somebody else knocks you, the loyal friend says, excuse me, don't you dare talk to, about my friend like that. He has your back. He really sincerely cares about you. That's loyalty. Even when the chips are down, even when things are stacked against you, even when it's unpopular to be there for you, he's loyal. He's a loyal person. The word begida is the opposite of loyal, is traitorous, is to be a traitor, is to be disloyal. That's the word bagadnu. Now we'll start with bagadnu in relationships. A disloyal spouse is not there for a husband for a wife, a wife for a husband is disloyal to his wife. It's very American. I want to ask you a very American Shiloh, an extremely American Shiloh. An American would take this Shiloh very, very seriously. So let me ask you an American Shiloh. A guy comes to you and says, Rabbi, I have the following situation to share with you. Please help me what I, what I should do. I want to explain this. This is like a classic American Shiloh. This is the ultimate. You have this sincere, well-meaning person. And he comes to the rabbi and he says, I want to tell you like this. My wife and I, we got married. Whoa, were we in love. Ah, we really liked each other. Tremendous bond, such good feelings. It was love at first sight. Amazing. And suddenly, we're married a week. Oh, did I want to just wine and dine or take care of her? Unbelievable. She comes to the car. I open the door for her. Whatever she needs, whatever she wants. We like each other. Great. The rabbi of the following things started happening. Happening. Four months after we're married, and in the middle of the night, my wife asked me, my wife has a toothache, and I, could, I want to tell you the truth. We didn't have any medicine in the house. It's four in the morning. There is a CVS that's open 24 hours. I just didn't feel that level of love to go to the CVS store. I just didn't feel it anymore. You know, originally I was fired up. I just didn't feel that level of love. So, you know what, instead I told her, let me get you a cold drink from the fridge. Downstairs, that I did feel that amount of love. I'll go downstairs, I'll get you a nice cold drink. And maybe that will somehow ease the pain, distract from the pain, fine. Another month later, I didn't even feel like getting a cold drink from downstairs. I said, upstairs, I'll get you water from the sink. And another month, and, and, and Rabbi, at this point, I just don't feel anything. I, just don't, I have no like for her anymore. There's a very, uh, and you told me a sincere person, what do you want me to do? I just, frankly, don't like my spouse anymore. Just being honest. And I really, I'm, she's nice, I'm nice, we don't like each other anymore. This Shiloh is a classic, classic American Shiloh. The Shiloh is so, is so built on fallacies and built on misunderstanding of life, a complete breakdown of misunderstanding of life. Unbelievable bagadnu, a sense of disloyalty. In America, a country that places unbelievable emphasis on feelings, I'm just not feeling good. Loyalty dictates she's your wife, take care of her. It has nothing to do with what you're feeling. That guy doesn't clear. In America, you look, I'm just not feeling good. Mimela, he doesn't like her. Ava comes, the word Ava, everybody knows, not telling my new Chedushim. The word Ava contains in it have, to give. When you give, you love, not when you love, you give. If he would keep giving to his wife, because he's loyal, she's his wife. 
he committed to her, he would have tremendous overall love to her. There'd be moments, minutes, hours, that doesn't matter. But there's a general loyalty. There's a loyalty. She's your wife. You married her. You have obligations to her. Be loyal to your duties. He would have a tremendous overall love because he gave to her. Because he took care of her. But we live in a country... We're affected. It impacts us. I'm not learning. I just don't feel it. It's, it's such a silly... What does it do with feeling it or not? You don't look every day, do I feel it or not? That's stupid. You think overall, what do I want to do? What are my responsibilities? What are my obligations? What, do I want to, what direction do I want to head? What's true? Of course, by the way, we want emotions. Your emotions are excellent followers. The intellect leads, the emotions follow. We are trained by a Western civilization to be led by our emotions. The emotions decide everything. Every emotion, I feel it, I don't feel it, I'm in the mood, I like her, I don't like her. That's ridiculous. That's actually bagadnu, traitorous. It's, tra- it's, it's, it's treachery. You have a shebutter, she's your wife. Run to the store and get it for her. You don't analyze. Do I, and by the way, when you're loyal to your commitments, you will love her like crazy. You have a great marriage. Tremendous marriage of care and concern. When you do your obligation, she's your wife. Run. Run to the pharmacy. It's two in the morning. Run to the pharmacy. You will have a tremendous ava because you're loyal. The goal is to be a loyal husband, to be a loyal child, Rabbi say. To be a loyal child, it is as a mushal, it is extremely normal. Your family's doing a chalamaya trip, Yantav's coming. And it is extremely normal that a kid, you're not strange, all of us, we have our friends going somewhere, it's so tempting. They're my parents, they're my siblings, loyalty to family, to be loyal to them. We're Zaycha, we have one mother, one father. We're Zaycha to have siblings. Don't leave your family. Be a loyal brother. Be there for your brother. Be there for your sister. Be there for your sister. You're obligated. Loyalty. She's your sister. Hashem made you her brother. Be there for your sister. Learn to have a relationship to your sister. Learn to be a loyal sibling. It's my family. It's a terrific message. Me Don't forsake your own buster. You come from the same ishvacha. Your chiyuvim are greater. You, you were made a brother of her. You were made a brother of your brother. Take care of him. Care about him. Be there for him. Be a loyal person. A loyal child. Loyal to our parents. They gave birth to us. They take care of us. Respond with loyalty. Be a loyal child who cares about his parents, who's there for his parents, who's dedicated to his family. The Pasuk in Mishle, it says that Rashi says Somebody who's good to his family is a man of kindness. In the superficial world, a guy's chesed is measured by all the organizations he works for and is involved in. In our world of truth, we want to see what does he do for his family. It's very glorious to be involved all across the world. Are you good to your own family? Loyal. Are you loyal to your own family? You have a man who's an unbelievable activist, but he's a bad husband. He's a bad husband. I, one of the things, Rabbi, I said, I want... 
in this yeshiva, we certainly don't make molds. Baruch Hashem, every person is unique. I don't want one person looking like the other, acting. Everybody's unique and different. And the product of the yeshiva is, is varied and wide. There's a common denominator. I want good husbands. I want guys who are loyal husbands who take care of their wives, who take care of their children. This will be one yeshiva. The numbers in the world of divorces are staggering. Are staggering in the, in the secular world. Hashem Yerachim. In the front world, unbelievable numbers. Crazy. In this yeshiva, the numbers will be low. Because it's a value that we think about. Being a loyal person. We're saying, Bogadnu, be a loyal, commit. You're Bachram, you're not spouses. Commit to be a more loyal child. I'm going to be more loyal to my parents. It's my family. It's my family. I'll tell you something funny. I'll tell you something funny. People, I'll talk about Lakewood. I want to bring out a point. People, people say, people call about Lakewood that it's very judgmental. That, that a guy who looks a little different than the kids growing up in Lakewood, so people say it's very judgmental. If you walk in, you look different, you're a mock, you're an outcast. So I, I want to say two things about that. For, I want to say two quick things. One is relevant to this conversation, and one is irrelevant. What's irrelevant to this conversation, but I want to say... I, go to, I, I didn't grow up in Lakewood. I didn't live in Lakewood. I didn't learn in Lakewood. I love that city. It's a city of fire. I'm crazy over the city. I want all, we'll speak about it later. I want you all to love Lakewood. It's, a, it's an ear hat tire. There's Lime Day tire on every black. It's a gorgeous city of accomplishment, of beauty. It, you can't live in this country. The whole America is only worth it because it's a Lakewood. Beautiful city of Tyre, in Irat Tyre. People say it's judgmental. I could tell you myself, when I go to Lakewood to visit family members, I self judge. If you ever met a secular person comes to a from if a secular guy walks into our Yeshiva, to who looking at nobody's looking at you, you're looking at you. Because you're insecure, when you're in a situation of truth, you self judge. I'll tell you about myself. When I go to Lakewood, I judge myself. There's so many tell me the I don't feel you feel like am I doing enough? Every, nobody's looking at you. You're looking at you. That's the nature when you're around truth, when you're around goodness, when you're around special things. You tend to self-judge. That's what you do. Tfila. What does the word list follow means? Anybody know what the word pilo means? Ru panechaloi piloti. What does the word pilo mean, guys? Anybody know? Pilo means to judge, by the way. And pe- the word pilo means to self-judge. Tfil is called lehispalo, to self-judge. Why is it called self-judging? Who's judging? I'm talking to God. Because when you truly communicate with Hashem, you start asking yourself, am I adequate? Am I good? Tfil causes self-judgment. Any conversation with Hashem... You told I once had a bacher. I once had a bacher who was very mad at Hashem. He told me he doesn't have and he's angry at Hashem. So I told him to have a new seder. I want him to put on tefillin every day and scream at Hashem. He had a seder. We had tefillin every day to yell at Hashem. What was my point? When it become real to him, I want God. I'm so mad. I wanted to start thinking as he was becoming more real. Who gave me that mouth to yell at Hashem? I want you're yelling at Hashem. You're talking. You're communicating. Maybe you'll start having thoughts like. I'm yelling at God. He made me, created me. <laughs> like the more real it gets, tefillah causes pillow to self-judge. 
So Stam, as like people say, it's judgmental. It's very, very often just a shot. You tend to judge when you're there, okay? So you're judging. They're not. That's often true. But there's another aspect, Yaakov, that's much more relevant to this conversation. Every healthy family should feel a sense of, 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 a sense of excitement, appreciation about their family. Everybody should have a pride, a family pride. I'm the, we're the lighters, we're the chafers, we're the holders. a family pride in who we are and what we are. You have a pride in who you are. That's healthy. Any yeshiva, could you imagine a yeshiva that they don't think they're a good yeshiva? That would be tragic. Everybody should have a pride in their yeshiva, in their family. That's a normal thing to have. So certainly it is true, any healthy system, at young ages they pride in their system, and there is a degree that youngsters, immature people, will look at a guy not dressed like them, then whoa, he just doesn't get... Do you want to make, do you want to make a system that there's no pride in the system? Any guy learns in the yeshiva, who's proud, who the yeshiva's worth a penny, a dime, feels badly, somebody else is not in the yeshiva, you're missing out. You want people to feel they're missing out. Now the goal is to be more sophisticated. And as you're more sophisticated, you know I have a tremendous pride in what I have. But there are also other things and other things to be had. So it's normal, Lakewood. If they're building a good system, I hope their youth feel it's the best thing on earth. And anybody who doesn't have it, the normal youthful excitement is you don't have it. You're weird. You don't, you don't wear a hat. You're strange. Because they're so prideful in their system, what they have, that's normal. That's a normal thing to have. Rabbi Yisai, loyalty and to be proud of what you have, to be proud of what you're part of, and to be a healthy member of what you're part of, that's loyalty. To be a loyal member of your family, to have a pride in your mishpacha, to appreciate your family, all that is b'chla loyalty. Do you know, this is one of the most important things we'll learn all year round. Kibbutz Aim is from the most important mitzvahs in the Torah. I'm not saying that Yushalmi says Chamurais. It gives lists of mitzvahs Kalois and mitzvahs Chamurais. The most important mitzvah Kibbutz Aim is there. The God will Reb Chaim Brim describe the greatness of Reb Chaim Brim. It will take me days. Reb Chaim Brim, the giant of the previous generation, Reb Chaim Brim said to us. He told. I heard it from his holy mouth. He said, if you want to weigh your bucher and you want a litmus test, where is he up to? What's he about? You want, there's so many areas of life. There are a lot of areas of Avodah Hashem. But if you want the surest test of who he is, of where he's holding, how strong is Avodah Hashem, check out his Kibbut Aveim. I heard that from Reb Chaim Brim's holy mouth. He didn't just say, this Yidu knew Kola Tayyar Kula. This Yidu was a giant of a human being. He said the measure of a man is his Kibbut Aveim. That's what he told us. I heard it from his mouth. I, don't, I think he would tell married people the measure of a man is how he is to his wife. He was talking to us, we were he said the measure of the person is check out his kibbutz aim. How is he to his parents? I want to say a chiddush in kibbutz aim, and when we say bagadnu yankiv, it should be not just an empty banging argument. Menachem the chiv kibbutz aim, the chayadam halacha sefer. It says is bediber b'maisel v'machshava, and he says the ikur is b'machshava. You can check it up. The chayadam, you should look it up. It holds his kibbutz aim. The Chayadam says, we all know in Deber, there's a certain way you talk to your parents. You're not allowed to correct your parents. You're not allowed to say, Dad, you're wrong. You're not allowed to say, Dad, you're wrong. If he asks your opinion, you're allowed to argue on him. 
He asks you, what do you hold on? You're not let us say, Dad, you're wrong. He's saying the story, he said, Ma, it's not what happened. You're not let to talk to her. She's your mother. She's your mother. You're not let to contradict the deeper. I'm sorry? In Allah, you can't either. There's a way you could say it. You're allowed to ask him, is, does it say like this? You ask it as a question. I think it says like this. You ask it like a question like that. The kids are saying, I want to contradict your father. There's Allah, it's deeper how to talk to a father. There's actions, you're supposed to serve your father. A friend of mine asked, asked Revaran David, I'll, I'll tell you, Revaran David's Kibbutz aim was, is, his, his parents aren't alive, his Kibbutz aim is something otherworldly. Rav Aaron David. He's a tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael. His, I was zayichet to have a shaykh as siyat of the Shemaya. His Kibbutz aim is something otherworldly. I asked him, my wife gave a shir that his mother went to. So I asked this Adam Gadol, Ryan David, I asked him, could, um, my, my wife asked his mother, could, could um, we have her for a Shabbos Suda? So his mother said, I eat every single week by my son. You have to ask, your husband should ask my son, Rishos. So I go to Yeshiva, so I say to Revaran David, he's the nicest person on earth. Revaran David is soft. I never heard him be mean in his life. At Sadiq, he raises well over a million dollars a year for Tzadik. He gives Taniyam, you don't know, Shas, unbelievable yet. He's a big guy by Tzadik. So Rav Aaron David says to me, so I say, could I have your mother for Shabbos Day? So he says, no. Now he doesn't say no to anybody. He's the softest person on earth. So I thought he didn't hear me. So I say to him, no, no, no. This Shabbos Day, your mother's going to eat the Suda by me. He says, no. I, Mama Shtuli was joking, but he's not a funny guy. He's not a style. I was like, trying to fear. At the end of the day, he said, no. He said, I have my mother. I, can't, I just can't get that up, Daniel. We love having her. I'm sorry. I can't. He didn't even let her come. He didn't let her come. He couldn't give up the opportunity. He loves having his mother. He said, we look forward every week. I really just can't share it. I'm sorry. He said, no, first I feel bad for her, like she's locked. Then I have how, how amazing she feels. She's not, it's not like they have her by default. He's not giving it up. I'm sorry. Chance to have my mama? Sorry, we just can't share. I'm sorry. He didn't let, he didn't let her come. He said, we don't want to share. His kibbutz avim, unbelievable. His kibbutz of his parents. The Ketzirat Varim is, so there's the deeper, there's the Maisa. Somebody asked, a guy I know asked of Aaron David, they were talking about Kibbutz Avim. So a guy said, how do you ask your father at the table, you want your father to pass something, how do you ask your father? He completely was serious. He said, ask your parent to pass something? He, he like got shaken up. Parents don't pass things for kids. You get out of see you get it. You don't ask your parents to ever get you something. That's it. My, I'm not telling you Allah Lamaisa. Telling you how far his Kibrabe was developed. He like was upset. he like got confused by the questions. The guy said, How do I ask my father to pass on the table? Ask your your parents don't pay. You don't ask. A necessity said you can ask your parents. Stop something you can do yourself. Convenience. You're supposed to serve your parents. Your mom doesn't make supper. If you're supposed to make supper, you're supposed to feed your parents. Your mom's not, you're supposed to, when you go home, you're supposed to make your mother supper. You're not supposed to make supper for you. She makes you a lucky guy at a strange house. The kid's supposed to be machalaz number. Supposed to feed, what do you need? Want to eat, drink? Keep it up in. So our boys say it's 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 b'maisa b'dibur, but the heart, the the main keep it up in is b'machshava. The Chayyadim says the ikr of keep it up in is up here. You know what the ikr chiyav is? To hold them as nachbadi aretz, to hold them from the chashuvim of the city. 
Your ikar chiyuv, the Chayyad says, is to hold your parents a chashiv, to hold them. That's the main kibbutz. Have hold of them. Hold their chashuvim. Nechbadei aretz. Your parents to you should be nechbadei aretz. I apologize quoting a guy here, but the Gemara in Kibbut Avein quotes a guy. There was a coach in basketball, my work, mind thinks in sports. His name was John Wooden. John Wooden. He's the greatest coach who ever lived. The guys know I like coaching. John Wooden's the greatest coach who ever lived. The greatest coach who ever lived. By, by a long shot. And he was a brilliant man. He was religious, of course. He served Hashem. He was a religious guy. He happened to have been religious. And he was an amazing coach. The greatest coach who ever lived. He won seven championships in a row. Amazing coach. Brilliant coach. UCLA. He's a brilliant coach. He coached Luel Sender, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was a great, great coach. Anyway, John was... In, in, he was a very, very bright man. He was a studious man. He knew the Bible cold. He was a very bright man. He always said the brightest person he ever met was my dad. And he wrote... I happened to have read his book years ago. I read his book. And he, he, he quotes his father a lot. He's always quoting his dad. He said, the brightest person I met my dad. And here's a guy, but the kibbut Ave'im of the he held his father, was the brightest person. That's what he focused on. The brightest man he ever met was his dad. A person is supposed to focus on the virtues of his parents. The Chayodim calls it the Iker kibbut Ave'im. The main part is to focus on the mindless of our parents and to see them as precious more than anyone act. That's part of loyalty to our parents. Part of Bagadnu, when we think of breaches in Kibbutz Avaim, that's Bagadnu. That's disloyalty, traitorous, treacherous. You're a child. Be loyal to your parents. They brought us to this earth. They take care of us. How much tzar did they put in raising us? Our job is to be a loyal child, a loyal sibling. And when we bang Bagadnu, don't bang empty. Think what, type of, think what type of brother you are. Are you a loyal brother? Are you a loyal brother? Our job is to be a loyal... Hashem made us a brother. Are you a loyal brother? I think, I, I think a person should think what type of uncle he is. You have nephews. Are you a good uncle? Are you a good uncle? Do you take care of your nieces, your nephews? Do you know when their birthdays are? Do you care for them? Do you give them the love you're supposed to give? You're born an uncle. That's our Christ. But God knows this loyalty and the relationships we're supposed to have, are we loyal to them? In real and serious and significant ways. One day you're going to be spouses, be a loyal husband who's there for his wife, who does for his wife, who cares for his wife. At, at all times, in significant ways, become a loyal person. What a beautiful trait to be a loyal person. And of course, of course, the most important relationship in our lives to be loyal Evan Hashem, a loyal person. Not a fair-weather friend. I like thinking, Rabbi say, you're alone at a doctor's office and you have a temptation, but I want to be loyal to Hashem. And remember, it's easy that, that, that when it's easy, that doesn't display so much loyalty. When the chips are down, it's not so hard. It'll be easy to, to betray. And you're loyal then. That's the best loyalty. Ask yourself, is that a loyal act to do? Is to look. Hashem said, Follow his sifuyim. Follow Hashem's commands. Be loyal to the Rabbi Hashem. Be loyal to his dictates. This is what the Rabbi Hashem is mitzavah. It's funny. Any person who would analyze Yiddishkeit and would have a series of ten questions, 
I, I have a list of questions that I would ask on Yiddishkeit that are fundamental questions that are hard to understand that any serious student of Yiddishkeit would be bothered by. The fact that we have prepared text for tefillah, we top ten question. Tefillah's connection to Hashem. You pull out a book to daven to God, to communicate to Hashem. That's a top ten question. Another question that will be on my top ten list is the intricacy of mitzvahs. Does God really care? You Come on, you know, be a nice guy. I love God. I, I need to do everything He said. Everything is such details. Those that observe Yiddishkeit are shocked the details of our, mit- of our mitzvahs. They call it religious minutia. Like the subtle details. There's so many halachas, intricate laws. Shabbos. Does God, you have to do it like this. So like, come on, be a good person. I love, love Hashem, love your neighbor. Such details of law. So specific. And it's a Excellent question, very fair question. Even in the, the very Beis Hamikdash, a place of holiness, I would expect the Beis Hamikdash all is about the feelings, the overall. But there's, there's laws and exact construction of every keli in the Beis Hamikdash. Such an exact science. Every keli has to be exact to the half an inch. It has to be built right. I think, come on, does it matter all the details? And the answer is that after Badashan's Mitzavah, the loyal thing is to do what Hashem said. That's what he was Mitzavah me. That's what Hashem said. Now you want to analyze why he wants valid question. Why does he want so many details? But our Achrayis is to be loyal to do what he wants. So we bang Bagadnu Abaisai. We're, we're, we're asking Hashem Mechila for disloyalty in our relationships. As a son, as a brother, as a sibling, as an uncle, all the disloyalties. If we hadn't been loyal to what we're supposed to be, that loyal brother to our sister, after all, she is our sister, that loyal, that loyal brother to our brother, that loyal son to our parents, the loyal grandchild to our grandparents, and we bang Bogadnu. We say, Hashem, we're mischarit. We regret disloyalties. And we realize the value, the beautiful value of a loyal person. A person is true to his family. I know an Adam Chashev. I know a person who's a huge Talmud Chacham. And he's a person who sits and learns day and night when he is respected to unbelievable degrees. People run to him for brachas. People in front of him, they literally are, they literally are cower in front of him with respect. This person's family is much more modern. And somebody described to me when he sits with his family, his actions, beautiful, his mom is joking, talking at the Shabbos table, talking sports and politics, and he's joining in. He's loyal to his family. That's what they need. People who observe this Yid see such a sense of loyalty, such an intelligence. Here's a person you would never catch, and these are not topics he cares about. These are not, this is not his way of, his mode of behavior. But he's around his family, he's so super loyal. And it'll be so easy to say, it's beneath my dignity. It would be so easy to say, this is just not me, this is not what I care about, I'm different. So the opposite. It's, all of us can value the meat of loyalty. All of us can value it. We all know how much it's worth, loyalty. I want to end, I told Avi this this summer, but I'm going to repeat it. And end with this, Rabbi, on the topic of loyalty. 
saying that, like, generally, this last point, to be a loyal person, it requires a certain interest in what that person cares about. Yes, 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 yes. A loyal person. Be a son who cares about our parents, who cares what's important to them. When I hear, guys, I don't want everybody to feel bad. When I hear a bacher easily not going home for a I'm not saying you're allowed to go to a friend's house. Shabbos, you're not trapped. It's normal parents want to get to go to a friend's house. But sometimes don't quickly go away. When I hear Rabbi say a bacher for Sukkis goes to Eretzio, my parents are... What do you mean you're leaving your parents? There's no such thing. There's no such thing. La locha, it's not mutter. The Gemara in Sukkah rips it. People guard even their rebellion on Yantif. Loyal child, be with your parents. Be with your parents. Be with your family. Be a loyal person. One day you're going to be a father. Think their perspective. One day you're going to be a parent. You're crazy over your child. You want him involved. You want him around. You want him part of things. Be that loyal child. You're going to want your children to be one day. Be a loyal person. Binyamin was describing to me. Binyamin was describing to me when I when I first met Binyamin. He was describing a group of friends that are loyal to each other. I was so moved. And all of us appreciate. I'm telling you, I was so moved. What is what? Another one. Another. But yeah, Benjamin, Benjamin Lowy was describing to me how loyal Benjamin Lowy was describing his group of friends. They have a group of friends that have been together for years, and he was describing the loyalty that the Hever has to each other. All of us could so relate how precious that is, a group of friends who truly care about each other, who have each other's backs, in, in meaningful ways, I'm not talking about in shallow ways, who are deeply there for each other. Any need, any serious need, it'll be any need, they'll be there. All of us relate to the niceness of that, to what that means to be loyal friends. All of us want loyal chaverim. Be a loyal person yourself. Be loyal to the people around them. Yeah, that's this is this is what we're banging, Rabbi. Say we say Bagadnu. So I want to say like this: my whole life, there's something called the Kanoi. Does anybody know what a Kanoi is? Kanoi in English they translate as zealot. A Kanoi is a person, a very zealous person. Who was the considered like the first Kanoi? Pinchas. 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 Zimri was being ish. Zimri is being says, and Pinchas takes a spear and he kills Zimri. Now my whole life I struggled, I'll tell you why. It's, it was a very difficult thing because my name is Pinchas, Daniel Pinchas. And it was hard for me. <laughs> it was hard for me, the word Pinchas was hard for me because I always struggled. The people I was told with Kanoim were angry, bad people. Really lousy people. The guy in Shul who yelled at all the kids, so we hated the guy's guts. And I was told he's a Kanoim. He's standing up for the truth. So the Kanoi is that grumbling, angry guy. The one there was a guy there was a guy in the city I grew up in who was always screaming at other people. He was always making tainas machos. It's called a macho. He was always protesting something or another, and they called him a Kanoi. So I came, I came to have a picture of Kanoas, a very dangerous picture. I thought Kanoas is an angry, mean person, a mean spirited, angry man is a Kanoi. And it's very difficult. I, my name is Pinchas. Chas Vishal Pinchas is from the biggest Sadiq who ever lived. Pinchas Uelio. But nonetheless, my picture of a Kanoi was very distorted. 
It took me years. The Messiah Sisharim, when he talks about a Kanoi, puts Kanoi, puts Kanoi on a list of Abbas Hashem. It's funny, I didn't associate Kanoas with love of anything. Kanoas was associated at best as every era. The Messiah Sisharim puts Kanoas with Abbas Hashem. He puts it in the same when he talks about serving Hashem B'Simcha. With happiness, with love, he puts kanos as one of the steps to serving Hashem out of love. And it took me years to understand that a kanoi is a loyalist. They're just loyal to Hashem. Such a love of Hashem and so loyal. If somebody's disloyal, completely motivated by love, by love of Hashem, by loyalty of Hashem. The picture of a kanoi is if Avi and I are, Avi, not if, Avi and I, I love the guy. If somebody would say something bad about Avi, somebody would knock him. they say, Avi, that guy. say, be quiet. Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Be quiet. Be quiet. He's precious. Avi laughs. Who's next? He wants to go at the guy already. I had a Misa. Ravezi knows I had a Misa in Eretz Yisrael. It was a person who was a person who's maybe a little cynical, but is considered like a big person. So on the phone, they said about a bachar, and at the time I was very, I was less courageous, and they said about a bachar, they knocked this person, and I said, eh, shvach bachar. Till today I'm mischarried, that I was too, I was like, oh, oh, oh. I was too weak to stand up and say, excuse me, don't talk, you're shvach, he's good. Don't talk about him that way. You're loyalty. Till today I'm a schar bagadnu. I was disloyal. I was treacherous. I was a traitor. Because here the book I hold a world of. And some guy, some guy gets up and says a shvach bakr. The only thing shvach about things are you. He's a good bakr. Don't loyalty. You don't you have somebody's back. You don't quickly just let it, forget about a guy and that's it. Don't go. No? Loyalty. What? What'd you say? Why do I care? It's okay. So I'm locked up with the guy. He's like, no, what's really not well? I'm just saying, I get a little psyched. So, Gravesi says sometimes the shtika is what? just sometimes quiet. It's stupid. The Gemara says such a shtika. I don't even want to leave it up to his interpretation. But he might say shtika kaida. I'm making it clear. Rabbi Sai, loyalty. Loyalty is such a meaning that all of us can relate to. I think in speaking much and hard about our friends. My wife described she worked with she worked with a group of Goyim for many many years, and they and at the work whenever somebody's not there they all speak bad about the one who's not there. She said, "You know when you're not there they're all knocking you. You know that there's no loyalty, there's no sense of not speaking lashon hara about our chaverim. Be a loyal guy, not just not speaking lashon hara, not letting others speak lashon hara about our chaverim." Ultimately, Rabbi said the biggest loyalty, and certainly we have to say Bagadnu, we think about all our relationships. Ultimately, Rabbi said we ask, are we loyal to Hashem? Are we loyal as Hashem? Do we keep what He says? Are we loyal no matter where we are? Are we careful even when we're far away from other But I'm loyal. I keep true to what to my mission. I keep true to what my relationship to Hashem at all times. That's an important question. And in banging God, now if we've been disloyal in relationships and disloyal to Hashem, we have a strong commitment to be a loyalist. So that's that's the second bagad, the second clock that we're banging and what to think about. So a is from a sense of love, so a loyalty to Hashem. So now you need to be painless.
<laughs> now I don't have a problem with the name Pinchas. I want to get to the third one, Rabbi Say. The third thing we're going to clap is Gazalnu, is to steal. Now the truth is when we bang Gazalnu, so we're not just banging empty bangs. Gazalnu, do any of us, we have a picture of Gazalnu. This guy has a mask on his face and he breaks into a bank with a gun. And we, that's our picture of Gazalnu. And we say Gazalnu, we say, is that really us? Is that true, Gazalnu? So by the way, one thing to know, Stam, before we go on, is you're not just saying Vidu for yourself. You're saying Asham Nu. You don't say Asham Ni. You're saying Bagad Nu, not Bagad Ti. Gazal Nu, not Gazal Ti. You're saying Gazal Nu still. So one thing, Stam, it's important to know, you're admitting all of our sins. Stam, interesting. When you say Asham Nu, Bagad Nu, Gazal Nu, you're saying all of Christ, you're admitting. Somehow, yet strange. Why am I admitting your Averis? But somehow, part because of what we said earlier, that it's a resolve to change things, it makes more sense. Avi, if it was just admitting our Averis, why would I admit other people's Averis? But because contained in the Shamnus is a resolve to change it, I'm saying I want to change everybody's Gazalnu. I'm going to be a better impact on others. Gazalnu, we in Yisrael have Gazlanim. I am going to make an impact on it. So even things, our Kol Yisrael Arabim Zelazel, loyalty, like your fall says, I admit what's going on and I'm going to do something about it. So one thing, Gazalnu, is even if you're a guy who didn't steal, Gazalnu, that's Gazel and Kol Yisrael. There's Gesel and Klai, so I say Vidui and I have resolved to switch it. But of course, but of course, the picture of Gazalnu only as the bank robber, the guy who's wearing some hood over his head, is completely inaccurate. Gazalnu is all the times a person is not airlock with money. Did you ever ask your roommate for some food that he didn't really have enough for himself? The Rambam says that's Gzela. That's Mamish Gzela. Even if he says yes, he just said yes because he's embarrassed. So Gazalnu goes way more, much, much more than just the physical, than just the, the sense of walking into a bank and robbing. You don't, there's a lot other things than bank robbers. With a bill, do you pay shtick and not pay up? Do you borrow a dollar and not pay back? That's Gezel also. When a guy says Gazalnu, he commits to be more careful. If I borrow a dollar, maybe I should have an aid there. Maybe I write it down somewhere. I never borrow without writing down somewhere that I borrow. I have a friend who in yeshiva would never borrow a dollar without writing it down. Never. There's no such thing. He said, Gazalmu, he took himself seriously. He doesn't want to be over Gezel. And in our world, stealing a dollar, stealing a penny, a fruit, the five cents. He asked the guy by the soda machine, can I borrow a nickel? If you ask me for a gift, the Savior, there's no Gazalnu. You ask him to borrow and you don't pay back the five cents, you're again on the five cents. That might be Gazal if he's not interested in giving Yeah, if you just give me his pressure, it's Gazal. I have to ask yourself from Machilo if you steal from your friend. So the truth is that you have to, you have to, talk a, you have to fix up that repair that Vera, but besides repairing that Vera, we have to also ask Machilo from Hashem. There's two aspects. The other Machavera is not you don't ask Hashem. The Rai, as we said, Gazalmu. So certainly you try to fix up what you did, but you also speak to the other Mumakam that I stole. So are all the Hashanis, all the things you make for 
as like expansive as like a shaman of the god of like hundred percent, hundred percent. Even though like you can say like stealing, you know, comes from disloyalty and all of it comes from being like, traitor. But is there is there really right. that the the polar opposite of of a shaman that's contained in each one of these things that we're paying for, right? Like 100%. I, 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 I think, if I'm understanding Abhi right, each one of these Ashamnus, the Ashamnus very, the Ashamnus of Tomenat al are very general, besides the specifics, you notice the Ashamnu Magadnu are very general attitudes. And Gazalmu seems to be, seems to move away from that to be much more specific. Ashamna, that's a Kobe says, that's what Avi is pointing out. Ashamna, and the rest of them seem to go back of the Ashamnus to be much more clullious generalizations. Gazalnu seems to be a prat. And we were talking about generalizations. I do want to tell you Pshad and Gazalnu that I saw. This Pshad and Gazalnu, Rabbi Say, will be much more in line with what Avi and Kaivi are saying. The Ashamnus are much more general. It's Gazalnu is generally using, taking talents and not dedicating them to Hashem. The Mishnah Avi says, Tain loy mi shaloy. Give Hashem what's His. Give Hashem what's His. It says, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line we're going to say. Zudla, I want you to hear this line. There's a line we say on um, there's a line we say on, on, on the Yom Nairam, a gorgeous line, with Kaina Avada Badin. To the one who is Kaina his Avadin Badin. Part of din being judged is the realization we we, 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 we are chayiv to somebody. We are owed somebody. We are owned by somebody. That's part of din. Is I'm not just a free agent to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I am owned by somebody. Hashem's kind of us. Hashem owns us. We're avde ano avdo We're avde Hashem. Being Abde Hashem, and Evan is owned by his master. It's an honor to be owned by Hashem. We're fortunate to be owned by Hashem. It's a great schos. We're excited for this Abdus. We're born, Ani Abducha ben We're born to be Avadim. These are real words. We're Avde Hashem. We say, when we say, We're Avde Hashem. So Gazalmu means each time we didn't take our talents and dedicate them to Hashem. When I see a guy who's crazy talented and he doesn't utilize his talents for Hashem, it's Xayla. I'm watching Xayla. What a robber, a thief. Why do you think Hashem made him so talented? So he can utilize it to serve Hashem. I was, I was so nishtoyman last night. Two Bakram drove four hours to make a whole yeshiva happy and geschmack. Unbelievable. Such a beautiful understanding of why they got a gift. We had a guy in yeshiva years ago. His name was Shlomo Shwed. Stunning voice. One of the nicest voices I've ever heard. A beautiful voice. Any single time you'd ask him, Dab Fadaman, sure. You're at a Shabbos today. He'd say, Shlomo, sing a song. He would sing. Such a realization. I have a gift. Let me utilize it to serve Hashem. In the most beautiful, non-hoity way, he would take his gift and utilize it to serve Hashem. It was almost like he didn't own it. He didn't own it. It was mamish like he didn't own it. It wasn't his. It belongs to Hashem. It's not his own. He doesn't own it. I promise you, I try to think this way. I want to think this way. When a Bacher applies to the yeshiva, 
I promise you, I try not to think, I only yeshiva, am I letting it to mine? Say it's Hashem's. He, I have, I have, I'm working for Hashem. Say, hmm, I'm a shliach Hashem. It's not up to me. So Hashem wants, Hashem wants him in. He said, too bad what you think, Hesh. We don't own things. Hashem owns things. The Chayvah Salvavus, the net, the Chayvah Salvavus of Enabichayah says about our money, that our money is a pikadin by us. All the money we own, Hashem puts, we're learning pikadin, amafkid. It's, this is the Chayvah Salvavus. From the greatest Moses farm ever written by Yerushalayim, Rabbeinu Bechayim, he says all the money that's by us we should view as a pekadim. Hashem put it by me. He gives me a right. I'm a shomer. He gives me a right to take. Could you imagine? I give you money. Say, listen. Here's a million dollars. You have a right to take from it what you need to live, and the rest distribute accordingly, the right way. That is how we are supposed to view as money. That's a yid is supposed to view all his gifts that he has. You have a voice, it's not yours, you don't own it. It belongs to us. It belongs to Claudius, it belongs to Hashem. And the question is, he, get, he entrusted, he gave you a pikadim. He's mafkin it by you to utilize in the service of Hashem. That's how the Chayvis al says that a person should utilize, to view his own money. It's a pikadim by you. You have a right, Chiddush, Hashem says, from your money, you know what? You have a right to take what what you need to live. The rest is in your possession to distribute. That's what it's there for. That you, have, you can give it out. It says, the Gemara says, a conversation on Daninus and Rebbe. Antoninus asked Rebbe, Rebbe said that Hashem loves poor people. So Antoninus asked Rebbe, Antoninus says to Rebbe, if Hashem loves poor people, so why doesn't he give them a lot of money? Why does he leave them poor? Why does, why, he loves them, give them a lot of money, they're struggling. And Rebbe said to him that the reason he keeps them poor is to give the schuyas to the rich people. The rich people need schusim, so Hashem puts money by the rich people and keeps the poor people poor, so the rich people can have, can have schuyas. Is the Gemara comments on this that It's an upside down world. What looks here, who's giving who is different in the Oil Mammoth. The Ani is really taking one for the rich guy. The rich guy only has that money to give to the Ani, and the Ani is only poor. So Hashem wants to give the rich guy an opportunity to give to him. Wow. The money we have is meant as an opportunity. We're, Hashem puts in our possession money here, you can distribute this. All our gifts of life, it's a mission of us. Give Hashem what's his. Gazalnu is when we misappropriate. When we take money that was given to us to give out and we don't give it out. When we take talents and capacity and abilities and we don't use it to help other people. We don't use it for the... If you have a good social standing and another guy is not so socially with it and you don't, you don't use your standing to assist him, that's Fazalnu. That's Exela. It's a weak attitude of not understanding that the gifts we have were from Hashem endowed to us as a Pekadim. Meant to be shared, meant to be utilized to bring Kedoshamayim. That is the understanding of gifts we have. So according to that shot of Gazalnu, it's much more generalization, Abi. It's not talking about one specific love. 
Kovi Ber, Kovi Ber. So it's not going on one lav, which the Shamnus don't appear to be specific lavin. We don't speak about very many specifics. We're talking about much more generalizations. According to this Pshat Kazalmu, it's much more general. And Kazalmu refers to that. Kazalmu refers to taking talents and capacities we have and robbing them, not giving them. Give him what's his. Yeah, I'm not